Is it a dream? It feels so real. I am standing in my house, comforted by the walls and decor. I am standing in my yard, a bundle of laundry being hung to dry. I am at my fence, watching my fellow citizens prepare for the annual moon festival. I am sitting at my sewing table, needle and thread in hand, a pile of fabric calling to me. I am calling from Elm Lake. This is one of those old-fashioned setups. I believe it's a decommissioned radio station. This is just meant to send out, not bring back in. Strange to think that there was ever a time when one-way communication was considered the norm, where the value of speaking at would be praised over speaking with. This must be a dream. My home has been off-limits to me for I don't even know how long, but it's so comforting, so warm. I can smell the cedar chest before me, and I can feel the light breeze wafting curtains in the windows. A pot of coffee bubbles away in the kitchen as my fingers deftly weave the thread in and out of the fabric. I'm creating something, but I don't know exactly what. There is peace here, and I feel my heart sing. I hope that this finds you and that you are listening. This is a new platform, something that has been overlooked for far too long. Maybe others have done exactly what I'm about to do, but they aren't here now, are they? They aren't coming to stop me and there's no need to barricade the door. At least, not yet. No, no, this is wrong. I've heard this before. I've listened to this exact patter or something close. I shudder because I know if this is happening again, then everything that comes after is bound to happen again. I refuse to let that happen. My eyes fall on a scrap of paper to my left. There is writing on it, but I can't read it. It isn't sloppier in a foreign language, but the letters refuse to stay in one place and the words refuse to make any sense. I've never had problems reading before, and that confirms for me that this is a dream, no matter how real it seems. I just need to wake up. Time is a construct. We can make of it what we choose. We can go backwards, forwards, or sideways, as long as we continue to make a choice. Time isn't any more real than anything else. Tomorrow is circling on the horizon, 
and yesterday has vanished from our sight. I don't know. Everything is so incomprehensible. You'd think that I would have had time to unravel this knot, but so far, I have nothing to show for my efforts. I have finally come here, to this studio, with the hopes that I can find another resource to turn today into yesterday. Only time will tell, but right now, time isn't speaking. No, I refuse. I don't want to refuse, but I have to. I'm hearing messages I've heard before, slight changes to the words or inflections, but the same general meanings. Something is wrong with time, and it's caught up to me. I'm not here. I'm not in my home. I don't have fabric to sew, and I don't have laundry hanging to dry on my clothesline outside. The stream persists, but I am stronger than it is. I am more real. And so, I fight. After an incredible struggle, I am able to force my eyes open. The space around me is dark, poorly illuminated by old light bulbs hanging bare above metal floors. My ears are assaulted by a growling noise, and the smell of rot fills the air. My eyes start around, almost frantically. The first thing they land on is a carved moon shape above a metal door that's been left ajar. The second thing they see is Jenny Fowler. Her eyes rolled back, a feverish sweat on her forehead. Words are falling from her lips, words I've heard before. I must wake her. Somehow. I'll just have to figure out how. Ghosts can only exist where we have left our own marks. I see them as I walk the streets. My basket is full of them. Sometimes, I can hear them. Today, the veil between worlds is thinning, and today is a strange day, piled atop other strange days. Today, the Owl's Nest Diner was open with their glorious breakfast sandwiches. It was a day where I was alone, like every other day I ventured into the nest, but- Ah! Pain. Nothing but pain. It washes over me and shakes me to my core. My eyes flutter, slowly opening, until I see a blurry shape standing over me, holding something dripping in its hand. Another wash of pain. My eyes sharpen, and I realize the shape above me is Lorraine Powell. No, not Lorraine. The other woman. The one who's been with me for days now. Weeks. Another pulse of pain, but less than before. Emilia. Her name is Emilia. And in her hand is a knife. A sharp knife, I hope, because it's dripping red, and I make the connection to the pain I'm feeling. I look down and see a gash across the top of my thigh, bright red welling up. I look back up at Emilia and see tears in her eyes. She's mouthing the words, I'm sorry, over and over, and the knife slips from her hands, clattering to the floor. I'm the one who's been cut, but I feel sympathy for her. None of this makes sense. My eyes start to drift closed again, but not to sleep, to recalibrate. As they do, I realize that something is off. We're in the bunker, and yet my mind was convinced that I was in Anthony's studio telling some story about a visit to the nest. 
I don't know if she knew or if she was simply guided by something beyond herself, but somehow Amelia Ashford brought me back to the now. The present. She broke the loop. I should be able to find them now. They are repeating. Trapped where they've been before. I just need to retrace their steps, going back to before I ever found the Owl's Nest Diner. Before the Moon Festival, even before Antony found the broadcast studio. And if that doesn't work, I'll go back even further, if necessary, to when Jenny first left Elm Lake, to make sure she never returns. This town was never normal, but her return seems to have disrupted things more than expected. Without her, I doubt Amelia would have her strength. Nor would Antony have his curiosity. I can fix things. I just need to go far enough back. It is time to play hide and seek. I just need to find a secure place to hide. In 30 minutes, the Seekers will be released to locate those who are hiding. I'm hoping to win myself a voucher for the Owl's Nest Diner, despite no such business existing. Tonight is only going to be a four-hour night, with longer nights yet to come. The game reminds us all that connection is a gift. Between people, between ideas, connections are bonds to draw things closer together. With connection, we can do anything we put our minds to. We may not speak or cross paths, but when I see someone I share a connection with, I stop worrying that the alarms will sound, and I'm simply able to breathe. Breathe. I need to breathe. I inhale sharply and <clears throat> I immediately gag. Something rancid is in the air. And I think I can hear digging, constantly digging. The noise of the machines is deafening. I should apologize as the machines have kept me from the studio for most of the past week. I have had a difficult time sitting down in front of a microphone ever since I stumbled on the monumental truth that I can't really put into words. Words have been escaping me. Escape. I wasn't escaping. Words 
weren't escaping. I breathe again. I gag again. I listen and a deep guttural growl fills my ears. I realize that my eyes are closed and that I don't know how long I've been here. It's impossible to trace the passage of time as darkness is all around, even with my eyes open. I feel my back against metal walls and I hear a dripping somewhere nearby. My eyes open and they adjust as they can to the darkness. I came here with something that will help, or at least I think I did. I fumble around, my fingers closing around something cold and metallic. A flashlight. I flick it on and the light weakly covers the opposite wall. Cold, undecorated metal stares back at me. I am in the bunker, not my studio. This isn't the first broadcast I've pushed out, but I cannot be certain that it isn't my last. My legs feel weak, my arms feel leaden. I lean my head back against the wall, feeling the growling reverberate through the metal. I let my eyes fall, no small part of me wishing to return to whatever world I was in before being snapped out. As I start trying to will myself back there, I hear voices above me. Jenny Fowler and Amelia Ashford. They're here and they're heading this way. I will rest and recover my strength until we can be a unified force against whatever else is here. I will be waiting. Elm Lake is waiting. Calling from Elm Lake, episode 22, Dream, was written and produced by Sean Monahan. The voice of Elm Lake is Sean Monahan. The voice of Jenny Fowler is Emma Sala. The voice of Marcus Grant is Mick Reyna. The voice of Amelia Ashford is Maddie Stewart. Opening and closing themes written and performed by Sean Monahan. All other music written and performed by Matt McInnes. Find out more at machinismusic.com. You can find us on both Twitter and Facebook for a little social media strangeness. 
You can also find us on TikTok as we create visuals to help round out the world of Elm Lake. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on whichever podcasting app you found our feed. Doing so can help bring new listeners to the call of Elm Lake. If you'd like to support us as we unfold this story, add new voices, and just generally continue to explore this particular creative process, you can do so at www.patreon.com slash callingfromelmlake. Your support will help us continue to grow and expand on the story, and hopefully be able to add even more content within the universe of Elm Lake. Dreams should only be trusted with caution. The top layer is more grounded in reality, but more susceptible to subjective imaginings. The bottom layers are more untethered, but also the home to truths that we cannot acknowledge with our conscious minds. The middle layer is where everything changes, and loops can be both formed and shattered.